Welcome to the Overthought Podcast. Um, I am Ali Charanya. With me, I have Ayan Bogani and Arman Manji. This is our third episode. We definitely hope to get better over time. Our goal is to provide you with quality content based on like our knowledge, experience and perspectives that we have about the topics that we come up with for our podcast. Today on the podcast, we are talking about how we as teenagers are getting better with financial knowledge and why it is important that you do too. Just as a disclaimer, we're not financial advisors, neither are we giving financial advice. So please take everything with a pinch of salt. Okay. Just to preface this episode, let's just start off by asking the main question. Do we make our own money? We're we definitely don't. <laughs> right now, any well, money I mean, I'm dealing with is my parents' money. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that we're 17 and that's an excuse not to make money. I'm just saying we don't make money. Neither None of us make our own money. Parents. Well, Billie Eilish is right. one I'm, year older uh, to you, Arman, and you're 18. And she makes more money than you do. That's not the question. That's not the question. The question is whether you, we make money. <laughs> no, we do not make money. And the answer is no. Okay, so now on to the second question, which is basically what this entire episode is about, is are we taking steps to make sure that we are making money? If not now, you know, some, some, somewhere down the line. All right, like we're making ourselves capable of earning money and generating sources of income once we once we are does and you know we we are able to manage our own money so definitely i feel like you know the education we're taking uh and many other ways of investing in ourselves that we are doing that our parents are doing with their money how they're investing in our education uh in those ways definitely we can say that these are steps uh, that we're taking to make ourselves capable of earning money in the future mm-hmm. i agree uh, I think, I mean, we are taking steps. I mean, just, we're literally taking a step right now by making this podcast, yeah? Mm-hmm. The most and obvious so, example, yeah. The most obvious example. But, I mean, we are doing other things as well. I know, Arman, I know that you've invested in some stocks. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing very well right now, but, you know, we'll, we'll, see, mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. No, but I think that's what it's all about. I think you make the most amount of money when you learn from your mistakes. So even if Mm. your investment right now doesn't give you a good return, it teaches you something. And you know that you don't don't make that same mistake again, like investing into a meme stock. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like just a taste of like, you know, just like a tip of the iceberg, right? Just... Getting your legs wet in the ocean, right? That's what this is. Just investing in stocks as of now. Later on, you understand, you know, what exactly are the strategies of investing in stock, especially like for that one source of income specifically, right? For many different sources, there are so many other strategies and way to learn from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, the second thing, the second way that I want to bring up is Ayan we know that you and I, in some way, have started sort of investing our time and effort into creating YouTube videos. Yes. It's not, it's not, it's not doing very successfully at the moment. And that's maybe, that's maybe an episode, that's maybe another episode. Yeah. But yes, we are. I mean, like you said, yeah, like you learn from your mistakes. So whatever you did wrong, 
you can learn from it in the future and do better next time. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, exactly, and that's why I'm still willing to do YouTube, even though there's something that stopped me from doing it. I want to, I wanted to really continue it because I really believe in myself, and I think that's what's most important. It's true. It's true. Um, and the third way that at least I have sort of, you know, put time and effort into and could possibly become a future sort of income stream or place of revenue or um, whatever is Instagram. Like you guys know, I have my Media by Manji um, Instagram page where I'm, I'm not posting every day or very often, but I post every now and then um, anytime that I feel like posting or I have a post that I need to post. So I think the point of it is... It, Podcast, YouTube, Instagram, whatever you're doing, we're making, we're, we're taking steps to basically diversify our options for income. Yeah, right. But yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it really hard to make money off Instagram? I mean, it depends. I mean, you're not going to make like hundreds of thousands of dollars off of Instagram. Um, yeah. Or at least if people do that, unless I don't you're, know Unless you're Kim Kardashian yeah, so like, or Kylie Jenner. If people do that, I don't know how they do that, but... Um, I know that you can make a few hundred, a few thousand um, off of Instagram. So one way is sort of just like through Instagram theme pages where you just, you know, make a page on a niche and then you basically sell shout outs. So people will, you know, ask you to promote this, promote that on your page and you promote it for a price, blah, blah, blah. So you could make like a couple grand just off of that. Um, right. Yeah. But then like, like Instagram is more of just like a, the shoutouts are one way, but it's it's mainly used for like a medium for other businesses. Like, you know, dropshippers use Instagram to promote their products, to get sales on that. And so it's it's not like this main hub for where you're like, oh, Instagram is my full-time job, but it would it, it is um, a substantial sort of revenue stream, I would say. Yeah, and that's what's important, creating multiple sources of income. Of income, yeah. And so Instagram could be, Instagram could just be one of those extra sources of income that you're uh, putting in. But yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's really important to have like different, different sources of income because if one falls down, you have like 10 others to back you up. Yep. That's true. That's true. But um, yeah. Okay. So now that we've got on the multiple <clears throat> streams of income or, you know, all of that our steps, the, you know, the steps that we're taking out of the way. Um, a question that I have is that to you guys personally, what do you guys see the difference um, between financial stability and financial freedom as? Or do you see them as one of the same thing? Let me just try to first like define it uh, in my own perspective. And then, you know, I can think about where I get that idea from, okay. right? So for me, uh, financial stability sounds like, sounds a bit like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Okay. Like that phrase goes with this term, which is like, you know, it's just like you're stable, right? But I think being stable is just one step away or, uh, or like uh, one mistake away from poverty, hmm. right? Not just poverty or like instability, hmm. right? Stability 
is not as as good as freedom mm. because it still it still is a very vulnerable condition or vulnerable financial state to be in right because stability uh, kind of give, gives me the idea that it uh, that the person who is financially stable is currently working with one source of income which is probably their job and that in that in that middle class range uh, right in that economic uh, range of people we we find them to use the terms like you know i'm just like you know i'm financially stable right those the people in that financial class won't really talk about being financially free and thus you know uh, having uh, used their assets of time and energy in other places or where where it's actually uh, invested for either pleasure or like some some kind of work that is that is like what they want to do right so financial stability is when maybe people are trapped into working and that's what i mean it's one step away and it's a vulnerable state to be in and then freedom of course definitely the opposite of it and but but that still doesn't exactly mean that if a person is financially free that they wouldn't work or uh, they shouldn't work right it could a, a person like you know just born in a rich family could be financially free because they're being funded by their parents right so that person is also financially free but their parents too are but definitely they have to keep on putting that work and that effort and they have to keep up with the consistency and i feel that is where you find that freedom right and, and to make your own choices to be your own boss right i think that is what people actually like about fi- being financially free that you can you you are not you're in control of your own life right especially when you're in control of your finances i think that best defines fi- being financially free i i don't know i don't know if i completely 100% agree with that okay. Okay. like being being financially what he was talking about being financially stable where he said um just being able to live from paycheck to paycheck yeah because in my head like then that's not really stable yeah like stable is something that's there stable like stable is is it's going to stay there but that is not in my opinion that's not stable because one you you lose your job you're finished it's finished that's not yeah. stable in my head but it depends on how you look at it yeah it depends on like whether you're looking at the overarching situation or your position in that point in time because if i have a job and i'm getting an income and i can pay my rent and i can pay off my car and i can pay off my mortgage and all of that i'm financially stable right all of my payments are taken care of so in that point in time i am stable if i lose my job then i'm financially unstable and there's instability and i don't know where my money is coming from blah 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 right but then i get your point of view where it's like you're only relying on this one thing which is i think i think it's different because like me and you talk about this a lot because we're like really into building multiple streams of income right multiple revenue streams to make uh-huh, sure yeah, that yeah, even yeah. if one topples over we have the others to rely on yeah exactly but, but that's not the mass view right like that's not that's not what everybody sees that's not how everybody thinks and the mass view is that you just need your job and that's it and that's financial stability right i think for me that transition happens when like the transition from financial stability to financial freedom happens when you realize that you don't only need one job you need multiple streams of income right and that's that's where you transition from financial stability to financial freedom yeah i think yeah i agree with that yeah that that makes sense something i also think 
you've given me you've just like popped an idea into my head where it's like if you're super super like even if you're earning like i don't know man like let's just say you're earning $200,000 per month okay that's a crazy amount to think of hmm. but let's say but if you are spending $200,000 a month then you are not yeah uh financially free because to in my head $200,000 i'm sure you can save like 80% of that. Oh, like 100%. you can easy easy spe- like save 80% of that. And then 20% can go to whatever you want or like you know your basic needs. And so I wouldn't consider uh, yeah yeah sorry. Uh, I wouldn't if if you just told me that uh, oh I make $200,000 a month, I wouldn't automatically assume that you're oh, you're financially free. Yeah. I would still cuz th- that number doesn't tell me tell me the whole story. That's true. Opinion. Yeah. I am was talking about uh, if the example that he gave like if somebody was earning $200,000 per month right so then uh the, this thing I heard mm-hmm. of from Robert Kiyosaki just like him I was just exploring financial knowledge and like people's opinions and he's, yeah, yeah. he's a well renowned author yeah. right of rich dad poor dad so I heard one of mm-hmm. his concepts about uh, wealth right which is that how wealthy you are is defined by like how much you earn and then hmm. how much you you spend on with your lifestyle right like in whatever it is that you spend on hmm. in a month right it could be emergency funds it could be it could be like a routine expenditure yeah. that you that you know that you're definitely going to spend because of like the right there are routine expenditures that happen every month or by week and also it depends on the lifestyle and so if if the if the revenue stream is is stopped right if the if the income uh, stops coming in for a while then you're wealthy for that limited amount of time until like you know you're you you've mm-hmm. spent on your lifestyle for that amount of time until when you run out of mm-hmm. uh the amount that you have accumulated so that's exactly why we believe hmm. in uh something like passive income and uh and routine like you know income that you keep working or you create some streams of income that 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 you know everybody wants yeah. to create streams of income that are convenient and comfortable and that's yeah. exactly what everybody is in the pursuit of i'd say unless like you know they want to settle for something that that's uh that yeah. that you know they are compelled to because nobody would want to settle if they if they are are not under some kind of pressure or or uh hmm. or are just compelled right so that's what i mean like and as you said that that the, that my perspective of stability comes from my hmm. uh experience right as you said that it like paycheck to living paycheck to paycheck uh i answered like you know that is that is a bit worse than stability but i would say people mm. sometimes do consider that stability actually and like it, it, i would say that in my family currently that is the situation honestly and and i wouldn't even say that it's uh it's unstable i wouldn't say it mm. i wouldn't say it's it's very insecure or like you know because mm. it there is some level of security and there is some level of stability but but uh i i do agree that it could obviously uh, be better it is still vulnerable as i myself said it could definitely be better if there were more streams of income and uh like you know there was involvement in in other places and we, there were efforts 
or investments in uh, hmm. some other financial I think resources. What, like, what both of you have talked about introduces us to two important topics that I think we should talk about. Number one is the idea of passive income that you mentioned while you were talking. And number two is the idea of lifestyle inflation that both of you have you know, targeted by what you're saying. And so just, just to hit on lifestyle inflation, because both of you have basically just talked about it, I agree with both of you in saying like, there's no point in making a million dollars a year and then spending a million dollars a year, right? Like there's, then you're not rich, you're stupid. That's what you are. You know, like you can make, wow, okay. you can make as much money as you want, but if, 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 if you spend it all, what's the point? Right? Because like we said, yeah, come tomorrow, something happens and you're unable to work. You have no money. Like at all, you spent it all. Yeah, you know. So yeah, hundred percent. Like to me, and um, you get as you guys have said to you guys, like if you are making a million dollars a year or any amount of money for that matter, you know, some of it needs to go into investments. Some of it needs to go into savings. You know, some of it needs to go into things that you like. Of course, doing like you know, cheap out for the rest of your life and be like, no, 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 I can't have pizza. I'm trying to save money and become a millionaire, you know, like do the things that you like, that's fine. But, you know, at the same time, save at the same time, invest and like work towards sort of building your income while maintaining your lifestyle. Cause you don't want to inflate your lifestyle and make more money. Cause then that's just counterintuitive. You're like, you're at the same place that you were before. It's just, you can do more things now. Yeah. Like, I mean, for me, I take like this example that I saw um on a Graham Stephan video and if you guys don't know who Graham Stephan is he's a YouTuber a financial YouTuber hmm. and um, he talks finances on his channel and stuff like that oh yeah and he said that uh lifestyle inflation is one of the worst things that could ever happen to you because let's say you were making five thousand dollars right hmm. and uh you were saving random example you were saving about two thousand dollars right yeah uh, after you pay your rent and everything you you save you save two thousand dollars and the problem is that what a lot of people realize is that let's say they get that uh, x person gets a salary bonus yeah and so now instead of uh five thousand dollars the salary has been doubled it's ten thousand yeah. dollars and they're still saving that two thousand dollars but spending the rest the difference five thousand dollars then it's not then that's that's basically lifestyle inflation right there right mm, yeah and so in in what what we what we would do in the situation and again this is not financial advice <laughs> uh is the let's say you make the five thousand dollars uh that uh the extra five thousand dollars that you get that should go back into your savings and investments and things mm. like that and your lifestyle should stay the same and unless and until to the point where the money starts working for you hmm. and yeah. whatever investments that you have made have started like coming, reaping, you're reaping those benefits. Yeah. Then you can start, you know, like, okay, spending a bit more on this or spending a bit more on that. And I think that's how you should best go about it. I think the best way to look at finances is always in terms of a percentage, you know, um, like it's a very famous like financial rule and it's called the 50, 20, 30 rule. Um, or 50, 30, 20 rule, where it's just like 50% of whatever you make will go into your necessities, like your rent, your mortgage, your, you know, like your car payment, your utilities, you know, like the stuff that you need to pay on a daily basis. 
right? And then yeah. 30% of your income will go into your investments, whether that's real estate or stocks or bonds or, you know, like like index funds, you know, like anything that you're investing in. And then the rest, 20%, that's for you. Like you do what you want with that money. You can go out to the mall. You can go on a trip, do whatever you want with that 20%. It's yours to spend, right? But when you look at it as a percentage, the thing is, your proportionality will always be the same. If I like increase my income, so let's say I went from 100,000 a year to a million a year, right? Whereas when I was at 100,000, I'd... 50,000 would go into utilities or, you know, essentials, 30%, which would be 30K would go into investments and then 20K would be mine, right? Now let's say I'm I'm making a million, right? Now like 500K will go into my necessities. And if you're spending 500K on necessities, I don't know what you're doing, but like 500K will go into necessities. um, And then 300k will go into investments and 200k you can spend for yourself right now what some people would do is like dude my lifestyle you know doesn't cost me 500 like my utilities don't cost me 500k so i guess the money that i save there just comes into my 20 percent, and i can just use it for whatever i want yeah 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 you know where we, we see it is like okay so i don't need 500k for this everyday stuff so that means i have more money to invest but i'll keep my 20 percent the same yeah, and then once wh- after whatever you invest, the money that you get back from it is that's what you the used money to that spend. May, yeah, is what you used to spend. Right. I mean, uh, but not always, right? Because you have to keep reinvesting. Like you need to you need of to course, get to yeah. a point where you can you can you can now make enough money to use that money to then spend it, right? Because if you right. like as soon as if you make and, like if you just spend it, every profit you make, then you get you know. As, as soon as soon as you can tell yourself that okay if uh, if all all uh, all hell breaks loose and uh, the only thing i le- have left is my investments and if i can live off my investments that's when you know that you can start like living life with, um, yeah one thing i feel like we should touch upon is where exactly we got our financial knowledge from because i know it's not from school and I know you guys didn't get it from school either. So I think we should talk about where we got our financial knowledge from and how it sort of developed over the years. I I just got it from YouTube. So I remember, I okay, I will devote a lot of the reason why I'm so interested in finance was because of uh, just watching YouTube videos. And then one day I came across, uh, again, Graham Stephan's video. And one of his most viral videos, which was something along the lines of um, how I got a Tesla for $75 per month. Mm. And YouTube was like, oh, maybe that's a good video for Ayan. <laughs> and they were correct because I clicked on it. And uh, and so then once I saw his video, I found it super interesting. And then uh, like I went, to his, I went to his channel and started watching these like other videos like you know financial advice for teens or like you know uh best fin- like and stuff like that and i and i was like oh damn like this is pretty interesting like this is how like money works and i don't know what the roth ira was before i started watching gram so most of it or like 99 percent of what in the information i have today is because of youtube and because of uh well mainly gram stefan videos yeah 
What about you guys? I think me too. Like, I think the first time that I was introduced to financial, like uh, personal finance in general is it was like 2020. We're all quarantined, you know, stuck in India. And you just sent me like, dude, watch this dude, like gram stuff. And I think you'd like him. And I was like, I had cool. And then Next thing I know, for weeks on end, I'm just binging all of his videos, just watching one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, learning anything that I could, any information that he had for anything, I would watch it. And it, like like you said, it taught me so much. And then you realize how much you actually don't know about money and about how to handle it and, you know, how to budget yeah. and why budgeting is important and why saving is important and why investing is important. And... So, like, yeah, I'd, I'd attribute a lot of my um, financial knowledge to YouTubers. In fact, not only Graham Stephan, if you guys want to check out YouTubers that talk about finance, I'd definitely recommend Andre Jick. I'd recommend Graham Stephan. Um, and I would recommend Ali Abdal. Very good YouTubers that oh, you should Ali watch. Oh, Ali Abdal is also pretty good. Very good Ali YouTubers that you should good. watch if you're into finance. Man, I don't know how he lives his life. Ali Abdal is a doctor and then has this whole business YouTube thing on the set. I don't know how he has the time to do it. It's okay. Yeah. One day, bro. It's crazy. One day. One day we shall be part of that hustle. Yeah. Exactly. Ali, what about you? Um, For me, yeah. again, definitely like from uh, YouTube and uh, other places where you can just find content. Like even on Instagram, you know, that... I, I follow some accounts where you get yeah. like this financial advice in posts with like, you know, three page or four page posts and all. And in that they just like, uh, yeah. for some specific uh, kind of like a source of income or they would just say how to use your time to monetize on a skill or what are the, the trending skills that you should invest yeah. your time in and all of that. So there's that kind of content and definitely YouTube with uh, people like Graham Stephan and other accounts that provide us that kind of content yeah the the matter of learning uh, like about acquiring financial knowledge from school i feel uh that that has not exactly been true for either of us i would say but uh for me there has been this experience that uh, with the cast project that you all definitely know about is the literacy club uh i feel that was that was an yeah. opportunity that was provided to me by the school so at some level the school does have and uh, uh, that involvement in allowing me to, to, to take up that project or initiate that project with a team of people. And so not only, yeah. not only the part of, uh, not only just what the specific project was about financial literacy, inviting some guests over and having them talk on some particular financial topics along with some participants, but you know, yeah. just the way the school offers this opportunity it it is it is it is like we can use it to our advantage in one way so i think this the school yeah. uh, the education system at this time is uh, the best it can do is something like this is provide an opportunity to the students to learn what they want in definitely a safe way and in a regulated way but that way like you know the question that was asked how the school has had some involvement at least i would say it was uh, it was at that level and it really helped me and that team, like, like for that project, if I talk about, uh, it really helped us uh, gain some 
more financial knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I do agree that at least our school has allowed us to, um, you know, explore things such as finance and stuff like that. However, I do think that it should become part of like an essential life skill that they're teaching all students around the world. Because in the curriculum itself, right? yeah, in the curriculum yeah. itself, like it should yeah. just be a subject or it should be like this extracurricular thing that they teach students. Because, like, I get it, I get you know, the learn the math, learn the science, learn the humanities, learn the English, learn the you know, Swahili, French, Spanish, whatever you're learning, like, learn the thing. I get that, but at the same time, you need to teach students about investing you need to teach students about saving you need to teach students about budgeting because it's a really big jump from grade 12 to university and if i have no financial knowledge whatsoever life is going to be a struggle dude and it's going to be up to me to sort it out you know and so as much as you know, schools are preparing us for the future. I, I just think they can prepare us a little bit better. You know, like I, I'd like to say, can I say something about this? Like, mm. so it was just that I don't think there is any reason not to, and I don't think like it is uh, anything inferior to the subjects like science, even economics for that matter. Yeah. Like economics and personal finance are de- like two very separate things. Right. Mm. Economics is what you're the knowledge that you're using as providing a service to somebody else. And that's like that's the way you're earning your money. Right. I believe yeah. that's the economic knowledge that like that gives you knowledge about uh, international economics and trade and all of that. Right. But still, uh, the per- personal finance is something that can also be taught in school because because it's not like the other subjects being taught are very relevant and are going to be applied by the students at that very age. Right, mm. the knowledge that they that they are providing us within school is to be uh, utilized and to be monetized upon further later in life when we do get a job to to explore our interests. Right, yeah. but money is not. It, we don't have to choose if we are interested in managing our money. It's like something yeah. that we all have to do, right? Or else we just, or else we're going to be end. Yeah. We're going to end up paying like heavy fees amount to our financial advisors, right? Yeah. So. It's not that not that we want to prevent. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, and I was just gonna say because taxes aren't waiting for you to get a high paying job, my guy. Like you need to know what you're doing with your money. Exactly. But I have a question. What drives you guys to be financially literate? Like why? Uh, what like what drives you to be so like? Where does the passion come from to be financially literate? I think it's just like because of the concept of money, what money can do, uh, like how money can be used by a person, how it can change their life. Just for that reason, because money is just like, you know, what you earn out of providing a service or selling a product. And that is all possible because of what, how, what you've invested your time in, which is your education, right? So you've invested all this energy, the time in your education, you've learned something right. and, and then and then once you're like uh, capable, that could be at any age, right? I'm saying any age that could be whenever you think you can monetize on, uh, on a skill or uh, any service, 
once you do that, you want to be able to uh, enjoy the benefits of that, right? You don't want that to be, uh, uh, you don't want to find yourself in a vulnerable position just because you don't have proper knowledge of how to handle it. Because even even the an idea of saving the money that you're getting, right? That also is a bit uh, like I don't think that would work in a in a long term, right? Because because we have the concept of inflation, and so just saving your money in a bank account if it's sitting there, it's it's depreciating, right? You're losing you're losing value on what you've earned just because you didn't spend it in that time or in that geography, whatever, right? There are so many, like the context and that it matters so much. So that financial knowledge, I feel it helps me, uh, uh, like it helps me actually enjoy the benefit of what I have uh, like invested in and then what I have provided. So it's giving me value for my effort and I don't want to lose out on that or I don't want to be like, uh, defrauded or scammed out, like you know, and then get it uh, taken away from me because I feel nobody's gonna be there to pounce on your knowledge and all, but definitely on your money and your properties and your assets and all that, right? So you you want to be able to take care and and be in a secure position, condition with with your money. So your reason is just preparedness, you know, just like to be prepared for any situation that life throws you. Yeah, definitely. That that is one point. That is. Then that leads me to my that leads me to another question, which is like, are you? Do you want to be financially literate because you want to? Like, is the only reason being that, oh, that that way you're prepared, like Arman said, that you're just prepared, or because you actually enjoy it as a let's let's say as a subject, you could say, yeah, like financial literacy. Do you enjoy it as a subject, or do you? Uh, do you like? Do you keep yourself financially literate because oh, you just want like to? All of us. Would, yeah, yeah. Arman, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say. I think financial literacy is not a subject. Financial literacy is a life skill. Okay, and it's like saying, do you swim because you like swimming, or do you swim because you need to know how to swim? Right. Some people look at it as a subject. Like, ah, yeah, I just do it because, you know, PE requires me to learn how to swim. And some people see it as, dude, it's a life skill. Tomorrow I'm going on, I'm on a boat and I fall like fall out or something happens and I find myself in water and I don't know how to swim. What's going to happen then? Right. So I think it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's like some people can view it as a subject and that's completely fine. It is a subject you're learning. You know, there's certain techniques, there's certain skills, there's certain things you need to know you know, textbook stuff, but it's also a life skill, right? Like you need to know how to manage your money the same way you need to know how to walk and you need to know how to eat and you need to know how to do all of the other life skills that you have. And then sometimes you swim to co- to compete, to, to be better than... Yeah, and then sometimes you swim to compete, exactly. Game. No, yeah, those are the, my only two questions. But uh, yeah, I just found it interesting and I asked myself like, oh, am I like, am I learning this because... Uh, I genuinely enjoy um, financial literacy or do I like, am I learning this because I know that in the future I need to be financial, financially literate? And the answer that I came up with is because I think I think I genuinely do enjoy it because I think I, I, being uh, in school, I'm learning economics. And so you can already tell that right. I enjoy making money. And I'm, and, but as Ali said, if you're making money, but you cannot enjoy it, then that is a problem, right? And so 
uh, again, learning about um, how to save my money and how to best uh, yeah. make the best out of my money is, uh, I find that like really interesting. And at the end of the day, it's helpful for me, you know? I find it empowering, to be honest. Like, I find it like, because financial literacy is not as common as I'd like it to be. It's sort of, you know, it, it makes you feel like you have a sort of edge on life, you know, and like yeah. life can do whatever it wants. And I know I'm a, I'm a BI because like, I know what I'm doing with my money and I know what I'm doing with my life, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, okay. I think we've talked enough about like, you know, like where we are, where our mindset is right now and, you know, where everything is in terms of the way we look at things. I think we, we should now look in terms of the future. What are like your future financial goals, you know, like, do, do you, are you part of the fire movement where you want to retire by 30? Um, are you like really looking to buy property and get into real estate? Like what, what, what are you thinking? What are your future goals? What are your future plans in terms of finances? So um, if I, like, I, I think the question is basically asking what are the streams of income I would want to invest in and have, and have for myself as either passive or active uh, sources of income. Uh, those, based on my knowledge, like what I know of uh, the different markets, right? The risks and uh, what are the requirements, yeah. right? Based on all of that, I think uh, I would definitely want to invest mm-hmm. in real estate because I believe like having real estate properties, those kind yeah. of assets are like, really really beneficial and are really uh, uh valuable mm. to have because like it, it's not just it's it's not just a financial asset it's not just like a financial property i would say i like you know like uh real estate is is actually the space to the space to stay in like it could be it could be uh commercial real estate it could be residential real estate right so that way it allows us to uh, definitely all the financial aspects of it, like, you know, earning off rent and uh, leasing it to like, uh, maybe if you have a corporate uh, like space, then you can lease it out to corporates for, for them to work over there as the office uh, or else you could rent it out to people. But but still, you know, having uh, real estate properties, like, you know, maybe, maybe if you have uh, quite a few in one geographic location or it's spread out across uh, like the country right based on how how much uh, you can afford and how uh, uh, how well the put, your portfolio has been managed so i feel that allows us that 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 uh, gives me a sense of security that i could stay in a place that i own right but uh, but definitely like you know uh, as of now, I don't have much knowledge about how the how, about how the real estate market is going to move forward and what are going to be the changes in uh, how buildings and spaces are offered and how they are used. Right? Maybe like there, there could be a, there could be a great shift in in uh, in like the rates yeah. based on based on like you know geographic conditions or uh, political climate and all of that so as of now i won't really think of where and when i want to invest but definitely like you know because of that sense of security that it provides me i feel real estate would be uh, a good choice and along with that you know if if i if i do manage to uh, accumulate a good amount of 
a good amount of money then i would look uh, in look at investing in uh, high risk uh, options right so that would be like you know uh, maybe the stock market of course uh, i will do my research mm. my analysis uh, consult my financial advisor i feel those are really important things and they should not be mm-hmm. neglected because even like you know sometimes working on your own out of this sort of confidence and uh, like this this illusional Uh, belief that that you know it all that yeah. could be def- that could be could uh, be devastating a bit harmful yeah yeah could be devastating right so so definitely i believe in consulting somebody else even though uh we definitely believe in what we're thinking and in a safe way right with somebody you feel your ideas and all of that will be secure with so as i said like you know if if i do feel i can uh I can invest in some high risk options I would even go on to do that uh, like stock market as I said and and other businesses and you know uh, like as a venture venture capitalist <laughs> right venture investing investing in other people's ventures that way and can you match that because at least at the bar pretty high I know he did he did he did but I think I think one main goal uh financially for me is like I mean I think I think uh, from what Ali has said I f- I feel like I've realized that there is so many different ways that you could make money that's one thing that I've realized through what he said like and and so like it, for me it's just like like cuz the way that I want to do it is is like of course I want to be able to do do something that I love because I feel like at the end of the day you can always um monetize something that you love uh uh it i mean you require of course you require skill and you need to be good at what you love and i'm sure if you do love it you're going to be good at it and so like i would love and my passion right now is literally creating content um and i think i've realized that uh and so that is going i feel like that is going to be something that my main sort of uh you know your my main sort of income stream uh but then i know that I, like like ali said i want to like invest into real estate because i think that there's so many opportunities there uh and like i see i see how like my parents themselves have invested into real estate and uh they've they sh- and also again diversifying i think it's also important to realize that you should diversify your business as well just not having that one source of income like let's say over here i say creating content right but then creating content under that there comes so many things like let's say you've got youtube and then the podcast and then let's say you start selling merch and then so now you've got these three different sources of income or let's say you create another product that is actually useful in the market and you market it through these uh so like that's how i want to kind of expand um and then again you know of course do the standard you know like you invest in the stocks stock market you do all of that so um yeah but those, like that's how i that's how mine differs to everybody else's in terms of making money yeah hmm. what about you i think for me it's kind of similar but um my sort of main goal like my number one on top forever will not forever the point is for it not to be forever but the goal is to be financially free by 30 like a millionaire by 30 or prior right that's that's my goal like i believe in the fire movement which is um 
the financially independent retire early movement. And so it's just like a like this whole bunch of people who think like, you know, we need to retire by 30 or, you know, we need to be financially free by 30. And by retire, I don't mean like I'm going to stop working at 30. I just mean that like if I decided to at 30 years old, be like, I'm not going to work anymore. I'm able to do that. And that's fine. I'll just live off my investments and I'm completely content with that. Um, but obviously I'm not going to do that. But um, in terms of the stuff that I want to do, like my financial ventures, um, very similar to you guys, real estate is obviously something that I want to get into. Um, like you said, I've already started investing in the stock market. Um, I love the idea of high yield index funds. I love the idea of, um, you know, like certain stocks that are just like long-term holds like Apple, Amazon, Netflix, these are all really good stocks to just like hold forever. Um, like you said, you know, I'm a creative, like with everything that I'm doing right now with YouTube, with the podcast, with Instagram, you know, like everything that I'm doing in terms of a hobby completely surrounds creation in some way or the other. Um, so definitely want to do something with that. Um, I kind of want to get into music, but I don't know. Hopefully, um, you know, that happens. We'll see. You want to um, get into music how? Just like creating music, you know? Creating like, music? Yeah, like music's been like a part of my childhood. It's been a part of me since like forever. Like since since I can since remember. Yeah, like age, since I can remember. Yeah. I've been It's pretty interesting. Associated. We, we know you as like, you know, the guy who would, we know you as the guy who would know the most in the most instruments, yeah, the piano. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say most instruments because I know, I know there are some people in school who like, know a lot more than me. But like, yeah, I'm just saying, it's you know, it's a passion, and like with me, my passions have like diversified over the years. Was like very, like I used to do magic, then you know, like I did music, and now I'm into filmmaking and photography and. You know, like now we're doing the podcast and now I'm doing YouTube and I'm doing Instagram and, you know, like, like, like my passions have varied over the years. And so if I'm able to monetize, hopefully all of them, I'll be happy about it. But, um, yeah, just really do everything, really. Anything I can get my hands on, I'll do it. Yeah. I, uh, one more thing I wanted to actually mention and since we were talking about things that we actually love mm. doing and um and like you know earning money from it so my my brother has started working with a shipping company and he manages basically mm. logistics uh where he like manages making sure that mm. all the cargo is uh, all the containers and stuff yeah are on the ship and stuff like yeah. that and so uh I mean, when I, when I like pitch that job to you, it doesn't sound that exciting. Uh, I'm supposed to put containers yeah. on a ship, like, and then supposed to like, like yeah. be able to transport them. But then like, I talked to him about it and then he's like, no, I, I genuinely love my job because like, it's like logistically, like logistic based, like it's like problem solving. Like there's this problem with the shipping company. And I have to solve yeah. X problem. And so it gets my brain thinking and I really enjoy that. And I, and I never thought of it that way. And so like, I feel like, I feel like, um, when you said, you know, I, I'll get my hands on anything. I feel like, uh, you, that should like, you should really take that seriously. Cause 
you don't know what you'd end up liking or not liking until you try it and especially yeah. at the age that we are at yeah. now so we're like we're all 17 18 uh, 17 and 18 year olds and so um i feel like this is the best time to try and the best time to find out whether yeah. it works or not whether you like it or not and so even if you mess up it's not that big of a deal okay don't take it from us take it from people like robert kiyosaki or take it from people like gary v like even they're saying that like right now is the best time for you to mess up you know like do whatever you want do whatever you can get your hands on do whatever you think you want to do whatever you think you enjoy because right now you can mess up all you want there's still hope for the future so yeah that's all i have to say yeah and this this there's always something that's going to stick right hopefully yeah all right guys that was the episode we hope you enjoyed and we hope you learned something we'll see you in the next episode until then don't overthink it